Well, welcome in, welcome in back for another episode of Sly King Unleashed. Hopefully you're staying safe, you're taking care of yourself, your family, and you also are looking out for each other. That is really so important right now during this time that we are all facing and my heart, my prayers go out to every single person who is being impacted by this dangerous virus. And the reality is right now we are facing a lot of things that really and truly many of us could have never predicted would happen. And I've had a chance to talk with uh, quite a few people about this particular issue that we all are facing. And it's absolutely something that none of us could possibly even plan for, imagine would happen in our lifetime. And so we are truly living through something historic. And I want to share with you some things I've been thinking about as it relates to where we are currently right now. Of course, if you're new to the podcast, really appreciate you tuning in. Again, I'm Sly King and really looking forward to talking with all of you. If you haven't listened to any of my previous podcasts, I need you to go do that too. You can always follow me on social media, hit me up. I don't expect you to agree with everything. I don't expect that. That's not the point. You know, it's a chance for me to share things I want to talk about. And so, again, you can follow me. Hit me up on social media at I am Sly King. Well, where we are currently right now, I believe without any question, if you've been paying attention to the news, there's no way you have missed a lot of this stuff. Right. Unless you have totally fallen off the grid. But I got to say, I really wonder, is it too soon? And I'm saying that because. So many conversations now are about states who are making the decision to begin to reopen businesses. And there really are a lot of questions around whether or not we should be doing this right now. Some areas in Florida, North Florida, Pensacola decided to open up some beaches. And now you're looking at certain businesses uh, in Georgia, particularly in certain areas and other states that are going to begin to start opening up. And I get the fact that we want to get back to having things to be as normal as possible. But my question is, do you think it's too soon? Are we sacrificing the life of so many people simply because we're focused on the dollar? Now, I get it. This is a very difficult place to be economically. So many of us are being impacted by this. If you are in any type of business that revolves around People consistently coming into your establishment right now is a major, major challenge. So please understand, I'm not taking that for granted. Listen, I grew up with a father who had multiple jobs, but one of the jobs he had was a barber. He cut hair pretty much, well, shoot, all of my life, actually, that he was alive. And that was a very important part of our overall house income, right? It was a cash income. It was something that relied on people coming into the shop business, uh, depended on people coming into the store, you know, and, and sitting down, getting a haircut, all those kinds of things. And if you're in that profession, hair salon, nail tech, or whatever it may be, you are truly being impacted big time, right? You know, who would have said you prepared for something like this? I don't think anybody had a pandemic fund. Okay. I mean, I get now that we think that way, we're thinking ahead, we're planning for disasters and things like that to happen, but who really had a pandemic fund set aside? If you did, congratulations, you know, you are absolutely ahead of the curve, but a lot of people were not financially prepared for that. They may have had some money put aside or some money saved away for, you know, certain emergencies, but you do not have funds to cover, 
you know, the overall rent lease of your building to making sure you're capable of functioning. And if that's the only job you had, when my father was cutting hair, he just didn't cut hair. You know, he was working for our city. He also was a part of uh, the radio family in, in, in my city in Birmingham. He was a part of radio in Birmingham for many, many, many years. And so that was something he he was capable of doing. And barbershop was something else that was going along with everything else he did. Now, if it shut down, OK, fine. But at the same time, there are people who that is your only sole source of income. And so I get the fact that, hey, I need to get back to work. And I understand that, you know, you saw stories of barbers who were going to people's, you know, shot homes and cutting hair. And listen, I had to pull on my former barbering skills of what I was able to learn and just pick up from my father and and cut my own hair, you know, and do that and trim my beard and do all those kinds of things. But it was something I had to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about going to the barbershop. I'm not going to worry about my barber trying to come home in my home or whatever the case may be uh, due to so many things that could potentially be a problem and didn't want him to be in a position that was uncomfortable and he wasn't going to do it. And I understood that, you know, it was clear that we had to make some very smart decisions. But where we are currently right now, and I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at the document that came from the White House. Now, it's on whitehouse.gov forward slash opening America. Now, we all heard the president mention, you know, about a week or two ago prior to this, that there were plans to begin to start initiating a rollout phase to start opening states back up. Now, it's very clear on this website, it has proposed state or regional gating criteria. Now, the bottom line is you got to go back and remember the president said he was going to allow governors to make the decisions on how their state was going to function on reopening. And he was going to support that. Basically pulling the Pontius Pilate, right? Washing his hands clean of it, meaning, hey, I'm not going to micromanage. You guys do what you feel is best. But there are criteria, right? You have a downward trajectory of influenza-like illnesses, downward trajectory of COVID-like symptoms, that are reported within a 14 day period. You have to have a downward trajectory of documented cases within a 14 day period or a downward trajectory of positive tests as a percent of total tests within a 14 day period. For hospitals, treat all patients without crisis care and robust testing programs in place for at risk health workers, including emergency emerging antibody testing. Now, this is on the website, okay? All of this lays out what is the proposed criteria. Now, it has phases. There's a phase one, phase two, and phase three. In the first phase, there's no conversation about really moving back into, okay, we turn the lights back on. We're back to doing things as normal as we possibly can. Social distancing is still encouraged and to keep yourself from being in groups of more than 10 people. And this is very clear about how we have to back into this. And I always felt, too, that if we were going to move back into trying to get back to normal, you know, um, you know, I, I saw today Dr. Fauci said that, you know, we, we could be playing sports without fans. But, hey, it'll be on television. This may be the route we have to go. And, and this may be a norm for a temporary time, meaning a lot of concerts, big, big festivals and events are postponing until, you know, the next year. They're passing by this year and just saying, look, we're not going to worry about 2020, you know, looking at 2021, 2022, uh, but looking at a later date based upon they want this thing to be in a better position. 
But again, this lays out the possible phases of how this should go. And you really need to read this because it helps you understand what should and should not happen. There's no conversation about opening up a lot of the large venues. It does say gyms can open if they adhere to strict physical distancing and sanitation protocols. Bars should remain closed. Large venues, sit-down dining, movie theaters, sporting venues, places of worship can operate under strict physical distancing protocols. Now, let's think about this. Physical distancing protocols in large venues and movie theaters is very difficult to do. You sit very close to people. You are in line. You know, you, you, you're going to say certain movies can only have a certain number of people. There's a lot of factors that go into this, even places of worship, unless you have a very small congregation. But if you are a larger church, you just can't say, OK, we're only going to let certain people in. Right. You, you really can't do that. Uh, so you, you may have to stick to being online for this particular moment. The bottom line is this is a very, very vague process on developing a movement into going back to some sense of normality. And I know a lot of us will say, well, look, let's just get back to what it is. But but here's the thing. This is very dangerous. I just saw something today where the people who were protesting, you know, opening up their states and things like that, that these individuals have come back and they're positive now for this virus. Do you realize that this could very well be the reverse of what we want to see? People are not going to function and just use this common sense to go and just operate in that way. Most people are not even doing the social distancing like they need to. There have been countless pictures and countless things seen where venues and places that they have asked people not to be in, people have been in. It's like people have taken the mindset of saying, you know what, forget what authority says. We're going to do what we want to do. Now, again, none of this is comfortable for most people. You want to get out. You want to have fun. You want to enjoy yourself. But at the same time, we have to use a little bit of logic because here's the true reality. We don't know how all of this really affects everything when it comes to the transmission of this virus. And that's just the truth. You know, you're looking at another year or so before there is some true vaccine in place. That takes testing. That takes time. It's not just some magical formula that just happens all of a sudden. And now now you have some way to treat this and you have a way to prevent it. There are cases where people are getting, you know, a, a re-second uh, turn on this virus. It resurfaces again after they've had it before. So it doesn't mean that your body is immune to it. You know, this is very, very touchy and very, very uh, dangerous if you really think about it. And the Georgia governor, you know, stated that, hey, well, we're going to open back up, you know, barbershops, salons, nail places, all these things. And I'm going... That's not really smart, especially if you're saying, "Okay, we still need to consider social distancing. But what it shows you is that a lot of the concern over everything revolves around finances and money, more so than the value of human life. Now, you may say, Salah, well, look, you know what? I'll take my chances. I'm I'm okay with it. You know, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. If I get it, I get it. Uh, But I got to get back to work. Well, I don't know how smart that really is when. You can't enjoy this stuff or you can't spend anything if you're sick. And talking to people who are in the health profession and understand the impacts of this virus, it is serious. It's not anything to play with. And if you get it, yes, pre-existing you know, pre, uh, conditions are more likely to be vulnerable to this. But at the same time, we found even over the course of time, the age didn't matter. What your age was wasn't a concern. It wasn't a matter to say, okay, well, it only happens to older people or whatever. No, they have a greater risk because of them having pre-existing conditions. But people in general can still get this.
And so, again, you know, even in phase two, looking at this document, they're still going back to when we had initially had the, okay, you cannot be in places with more than 50 people. They're backing into relaxing this. But to me, this is not just a, okay, we're back to normal position. Because here's the thing. If they say, okay, Memorial Day weekend, beaches are back open. How many people will actually follow the social distancing guidelines on the beach? They won't. It's not going to happen. I mean, look, you got to go back. That's why they closed the beaches in the very beginning, because people were not adhering to them saying, hey, cannot be in groups of more than 50 people. Uh, you, you cannot do that. And so they had to shut down the beaches. I mean, take California, for example, a very known uh, skating park that people like to go skateboard. They've asked people not to do that. They've, they've said it time and time again, and they filled it up with sand. You know what? You can feel how you want to feel about that. But how many times you have to tell people, no, you cannot do something. Now, people are stubborn. We get that. People feel like they don't have to listen to what authority is being you know, asked of them to do and what they're telling them. But at the same time, they're making those decisions because you got to be very careful and mindful of how this actually is working. And there are conversations even had about this could be potentially spread through conversations with people. Just in general talking. So it's not like it's something that just you, you can get one way. Right. It's not like it's just one way to get this. I still believe that employers and even employees telework will be a norm, a part of our life, at least for the next year or so. I think it's going to be a regular thing for most jobs to allow people to telework. Because, I mean, the real reality is they purchase equipment for people to do this and it may be the best thing to do to be able to be safe because what happens if you have a breakout or somebody catches it in your office, you're back to ground zero. You got to go back to the very beginning. Okay. Everybody stay at home. You have to do that. So you have to be careful in how you do this. And I think that we have to also understand that the main focus is they want to get money back into the economy period. Now I don't want the economy to tank. I think, don't think anybody wants that. I think today they made the decision to pass that other additional funding for small businesses. And so many of those small businesses need that. If you have a small business in your city, look, go support them by takeout, uh, do curbside, whatever it is you need to do, go support them because they need the support. But at the same time, no, we're not ready to turn it back on and say, OK, everybody go back to your favorite place. Because as soon as they do, they're going to show up. It's like I said, if you open the beaches back up, what do you think people are going to do? They're going to go flock to the beach and it's going to be thousands of people there. Even if people will follow the guidelines and the rules, people are going to go and they're going to get in their car and take off and they are going to be gone. And so governors that are making this decision and saying, hey, listen, we're ready to roll. We're ready to open back up. I don't think that's a very smart decision to do at this moment, especially in states where numbers are still going up. Numbers are still going up of people being infected. So how logical is it to say we're going to go right back to being as normal as we can in some of these spaces because you want to generate money back into your city, your state's economy and overall the nation. But I mean, again, the president, in my opinion, has pretty much said, hey, listen, it's up to the states. You guys do what you want to do. Here are the guidelines and here's what's proposed, but it's your decision. I think it's kind of dangerous. 
Now, if you think it's 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 not, you think that this is something that, you know, we should go ahead and just get back to normal. You have to work. I get all that. I understand it. I am not making light of the fact that, yes, we do need to work. Yes, we need to have our jobs. Yes, we need to go out and do what we're being asked to do, what is a part of our everyday life that we are responsible for. But at the same time, how value, how much value do you put on your life? How valuable is your life? And in my opinion, I think sometimes it's more so about the money than it is about the value of life. And that's clear when it comes to making decisions like this and not thinking thoroughly through what we're doing. And so I really want you to look at this. I mean, look, they say schools uh, should remain closed in this first phase. In phase two, there's conversation about schools and organized youth activities uh, can reopen. I think that that's probably not going to really matter too much on the regular school year, because at this point, most schools are going to be out. It's no point in going back to school and it's a week left. I mean, that, I don't think that's going to happen. But again, this is in phase two. And a lot of the things that kind of have more relaxed guidelines are in the second phase. In this first phase, and again, based on what they're saying, you need to have some of the things that are met from a criteria standpoint to show that your cases have dropped. So in states that cases have not really dropped, it's not logical to go ahead and start moving some of these things this quickly. And I, my fear is that it's going to blow up in the faces of a lot of these governors. And what do you do then? Because then the then that is on you. That is on you. That's going to be on you. It's going to be on two people. The people who have said, you know what, we're going to do it anyway. And the people who are making the decision saying, hey, well, we're going to go ahead and make it happen simply because we want people to go back and start working. And so, again, when it boils down to it, where we are currently right now is a very, very uh, tedious place because we've seen the turn of the economy. We've seen things. Many people are waiting on stimulus checks. Stimulus checks either have come or they haven't or it's just a total disaster when it comes to how it's being done because of so many errors and so many challenges with you know, outside uh, tax companies getting the money and that not that's not how it's supposed to go and so forth and so on. I mean, I haven't got my check, so you're not by yourself. Or you haven't gotten yours yet. My stuff is not available in the system. So, you know, could very well be a paper check sent to us. The bottom line is um, that is a whole process in itself. So we all are having to understand a couple of things, and that's to be patient and above above all else, just understand that this is not something that we can turn back overnight. Realize we didn't get here just yesterday. This began in a process of us gradually moving into making some of these changes. And yes, it has been a huge lifestyle change. But at the same time, I think it's something that we all have to understand. This is going to be part of the new norm for a little while. And it really will be. We're going to have to adjust. Uh, you know, I'm interested to see how things are going to move forward. And prayerfully, by the summer, in the latter part of the summer, before school gets back, we will be on a different point of this curve where our kids will be able to get back to having normal school. But what if they're not? What if they're not? What if the schools are still taking precautionary measures for the safety of the kids? Again, no parent wants their child to be sick. I don't care who you are. Because what does that do that causes the parent to have to be at home or taking care of them? And, you, of course, as a parent, you're worried, you're concerned. All of these things go into those decisions. So when schools and kids don't understand, you know, not to touch this and not to do that. I mean, I was amazed the other day. I went to the store and had my mask on and that sort of thing. And I saw so many people without a mask, so many people with three and four and five people with them and kids and touching this and doing it. I'm going, whoa. 
wait a minute. Your kids, first of all, don't need to be in the store. Secondly, nobody has on a mask. And thirdly, are you even remotely paying attention to how dangerous this thing could potentially be for you and your family and not even knowing it? I saw an older lady pushing a buggy and Lord, she was struggling, but she was in the store, no mask, no nothing. Now she may not have any family to do anything for her. She could have done pickup. I don't know if she had anybody to do it for her, so I cannot speak to that. But what I can say is bringing your kids into the store is not a smart decision, not right now. A lot of kids don't understand, hey, don't touch that. What do kids do when they get anything? They put it directly in their mouth, right? That's the first response they have. And even our kids who are a little bit older, understanding that, hey, you cannot touch this. Hey, be careful with that. These are a lot of rules you have to put in place to protect your children. Stores have done a lot to try to keep it being, you know, too many people in the store and all these things. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, is anybody in here paying attention to what's happening in the world, right? I mean, it's bad when majority of the stockers and people who are working in the stores have masks and things like that. But the people who are shopping are not even paying it any attention. They're going in like it's a normal every single day type of shopping experience. And that's not the case. Listen, we all laughed at Michael Jackson back in the day when he wore a mask everywhere he went. Now we look like we all stepped out of uh, a thriller video. We all have a mask on, right? I mean, look, it's just it's just the way we have to kind of operate right now. And, and that's something we have to be okay with and have to understand. But it's better to be safe than sorry. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. And I think if you don't respect that, you don't understand that, all it has to do is affect you or somebody you know, and then it changes everything. And I think we haven't taken some of this stuff as serious as we want. And all we've heard is people say, okay, let's go back to, let's go back to opening this. And that's the first thing. And as soon as it does, People will be back in the full swing of doing things. And if it backfires, then what? What happens then? Because in my belief, I think as they begin to phase these changes into play, I believe that if you are a state that has a huge spike in your cases, even after the opening America protocols have begun to roll out, if you are one of those states that this happens to, and your numbers begin to spike because, okay, you open back up these businesses, you've done this, you've done that, and all of a sudden you have a spike and now you're straight with days and days and days of consistent numbers going up because of testing and people coming back positive. They're going to issue a shelter in place just for that state or just for that city. That's what they're going to do. They're not going to affect the entire country. They're going to basically make it where, okay, if if, if, if New York has to be in sheltering and they have to shelter in place and they have to stay quarantined and do that kind of thing because of their case numbers and all this stuff, then they will. But then it may be Texas or let's just say Oklahoma or some other state may be like, OK, well, we've relaxed some of our, our, our protocols because our case numbers have dropped in our state. Our percentages are lower. We, we're trending in a downward position. They not they're not going to have to have these same uh, stipulations put on them like others will. And I think it's going to be a state to state thing. I think certain states depending on where you are, will have stronger restrictions than others. And they may be told you cannot travel. You may not be able to leave your state because there are a certain number of people here that have a higher percentage of cases than anywhere else. And so again, be careful, be mindful of what you're doing. If you live somewhere where they've relaxed some of these rules, hey, if you go out, hey, be careful. Just make sure that you're careful in what you're doing and, and follow those guidelines, wear your mask, do those kinds of things. You know, I saw this video that showed how quickly 
something spreads because of why we operate and touch things and do things. Um, it, it really shows that it's a very quick thing that allows it to spread. And I don't know if you saw the movie Contagion, which is very eerily scary to where we are right now. And Contagion, I'm not going to give the movie away. You got to watch it. I mean, look, it's like $4 on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, you can rent it on YouTube and have it for like 48 hours. So rent it, watch it. It's worth it, right? Um, it absolutely is eerie in how it mirrors some of what we're dealing with right now. And it really shows you how something like this can spread so quickly, so fast, and trying to get a handle on it is a major problem. And it's a task to really do. And there's no quick way to make it happen. So I encourage you to go watch that. Uh, you'll, you'll be amazed at the similarities. And it's also eerie, in my opinion, of how similar uh, it is to where we currently are right now. Well, listen, I always want you to hit me up. Follow me on social media if you have something you want me to talk about, something you want me to share, or something you have a thought about, you know, regarding what I said. Hit me up. Let me know what you think at I am Sly King on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, it's Sly saying I'm out. Peace.